Welcome to the Yogi MD podcast. It's Nadine, yoga teacher, health coach, and retired doctor, here to bring you and your body together, not in sickness, but in health. Thanks for taking this time for yourself. Today, I would like to welcome Scout Hughes, executive chef of Dish in Valparaiso, Indiana. Scout is my friend and teacher. We spent two years expanding my cooking vocabulary. Scout, you really helped me turn my kitchen into a well-organized and simpler layout. I feel so much less stress, more confidence, and more pleasure when I walk into my kitchen now. Thank you, and thank you for being here. No problem. Thank you. It was a great time. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about when you started cooking and why. When I started cooking, I was uh, a kid. Both my parents worked, and so I would cook for my little sister. And then, you know, most of it was like mac and cheese and that kind of stuff. You know, I remember when I found black pepper, and I thought it was, you know, (laughs) world-changing. And then um, later on in life, like professionally, I, uh, I had gotten into the restaurant industry and served and bartended and did the whole front of the house thing, and I really thought it was looked exciting what the guys in the back were doing and so I got myself uh into the back of a back of the house of a restaurant and started prepping and just worked my way up the line that was probably about you know early 20s when I did that I like I you know initially it was like the fast pace atmosphere you know I was allowed to cuss that kind of stuff you know (laughs) in the back of the house I could just have a bad day and everybody'd be like all right he's having a bad day what did you find stimulating, though, about the actual act of cooking? Being able to create from the ground up, being able to start with a lot of raw ingredients and develop those into something cohesive that, you know, I can be proud of, that I think is delicious and that I hope, uh, you know, patrons will really like. Mm-hmm. Did you have any influential teachers? Pat Niebling uh, was, was a good friend of mine and, uh, you know, a chef I worked with for probably a little over 10 years. Other than him, you know, a guy named Mike Sheeran, he won Best uh, best Chef from Food and Wine in 2010. I worked for him for a while, and he really turned me into a chef. What does it mean to be a chef? The home cook or someone who doesn't like to cook at all usually finds that to be a really intimidating concept. What does it mean? Striving for excellence, pouring yourself creatively into your food, and giving your attention to the food so that you can develop it mm-hmm. and, and loving cooking. How would you describe your style of cooking then based on your mentors and your own experience and, and finding your own way over the years? Honest. I, I pull from a lot of different uh, genres of food, you know, around the world and like different things I've eaten. And I don't know if I have like a one word uh, label for, you know, the style of cooking that I do. I'm really intrigued by old world techniques, finding out ways to preserve stuff uh, without refrigeration, because I just find it super interesting that, you know, uh, as humans, we were doing all kinds of that kind of stuff, and people were healthy back then, you know, people weren't dying of cancer, and, you know, they we didn't have all these strange diseases, we, mm-hmm. everybody was just, you know, eating whole foods and preserving it in ways that would, you know, uh, retain the nutritional value and also make them super delicious so yeah we definitely explored some of that stuff uh, you and i did fermentation um, is a really big example salting things and yeah. preserving them that way 
there's, you know, I mean, like the example is uh, black garlic. You cook or regular garlic and turn it into black garlic over a period of time, and it, it, it turns it into something better than the original for your body. How yeah. do you help someone who's afraid of new flavors? Don't knock it till you try it. It's one of those things where, you know, I feel like everybody has something in food that they're afraid of, you know, and some in the spectrum can go from I'm afraid to eat seafood to I'm afraid to eat brains. Personally, I'm willing to try everything once. I've eaten brains and I, I don't know if I'd order it again, but just that's my personal like uh, it's, it freaked me out a little bit. But mm-hmm. when I ate it, it was delicious. Mm-hmm. I think that testing your own boundaries and, you know, just not being afraid to try it is, is really the, the biggest hurdle. Given that you are a chef with a very busy schedule, the last thing you might want to do when you come home is cook. So do you do a lot of cooking at home? I wouldn't say I do a lot of cooking at home. I do cook, you know, I cook breakfast for my wife and I and I'll, you know, I'll cook dinner when I can, when I'm getting home from work in a reasonable time. And that, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not making souffles at home, <laughs> but we eat again, like whole foods. I'll come home and I'll grill a whole chicken and grill a bunch of vegetables and that kind of stuff. And that'll be our dinner. And I'll make like a quick little sauce that I just, you know, compile some ingredients to sort of marinate the flavors. But for holidays, I'll cook big spreads if we have parties at the house. You know, for the most part, it's pretty straight ahead food that I'm cooking at home. So you keep it simple so you're not chefing it up when you get home. No, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not trying to make like fine minced everything and that kind of stuff. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's important to know how to cook? It seems to be a lost art. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, with the uh, invent of microwaves, it, people stopped needing to cook. You know, you could just throw a prepackaged lasagna into the microwave for, you know, 20 minutes. I don't even know how long it takes. But, you know, and then boom, the whole family has a lasagna cooked. Whereas the generation before that, they would just make the noodles and make put the lasagna together or even buy dry noodles and put the lasagna together. So I think that our world is moving into a, con- a convenience mindset and cooking can be not so convenient sometimes. Hmm. So why do you think it's important and what would be a motivator then to encourage someone who's afraid of cooking or or doesn't want to? I mean really the balance the, the balance falls into if it's you know if you're microwaving something you're just microwaving all the nutrients out of it. And the easier stuff gets, the probably less less good for you it is instant rice and that kind of stuff like that's going to have less nutritional value then mm-hmm. so why is something that's simpler like that and more t- typically of convenient food less nutritious than a whole food uh processing the, the types of preserving that big companies do are usually to stable like they're not for flavor they're not for health they're for stabilization on the shelf mm-hmm. so you know you can have you can have you know something sit in your pantry for two years and cook it, and it'll taste like you just bought it. Mm-hmm. And you know, a, a lot of times they they do it in ways with chemicals and you know bleaching out stuff and you know that and it's just not good for the human body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, people tend to turn to convenience because they are busy. They have a demanding schedule. What would sure. you say to someone? like that and especially based on your own experience where you're an extremely busy person too but it's important to you to feed your family well i think that 
you know, one of the biggest tools is, you know, taking everybody's got at least a day off. If you can set aside four or five hours, you can set yourself up with food for the week. You know, you can make you can make a soup that'll last you a week. You can make, you know, crockpot chilies that'll last you a week. You can your livelihood, your essence is going to be strengthened from that. And, you know, if you're close to a Whole Foods, they have free range organic chickens Mm pre-roasted. So, I mean, it's you know, there's some stuff that's they just roast them there and you can just grab a hot chicken and take it home. You can do that for four days and then you have enough chicken bones left over after you have those chickens that you can freeze the bones and then make a chicken stock out of that and it's super simple and it takes you know two hours to cook a chicken stock and then you have probably one of the most beneficial nutrient dense things you can have how about a person who lives alone this is something that i hear a lot in different classes um yeah i live alone i don't feel motivated, so I have turned to a lot of takeout and a lot of microwavable food. Sure. Motivation is one of those things that, you know, it's the hardest thing to convince somebody to, to do, you know. I mean, I, for me in the restaurants, you know, uh, if I have a guy who doesn't know anything but is motivated, I'm, ex- I'm more excited uh, of that than a guy who knows a whole bunch who isn't motivated. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's really... It's really one of those things where, where the, the individual has to say, you know, how do I feel eating this food? You know, how do I feel immediately after I eat a microwave whatever? Or, uh, you know, how do I feel after I eat out every day of the week, you know, or that kind of stuff. As opposed to that once a month at this point that I'm cooking for myself, how do I feel after that meal? I think that, that if you focus on that point, then eventually you'll get motivated to just cook all your own food and carve some time away in your life to, you know, nourish yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, you and I spent a couple of years together really reworking my kitchen, and it doesn't have to, it sounds like a complicated process, but it really wasn't. One of the main things I took away from you was really thinking about what a well-stocked pantry and what a well-stocked kitchen tool uh, chest looks like. What are some things that you would recommend having on hand in your pantry when you open it up? Oh, I mean, you know, to start, salt and pepper. Good salt and good pepper. Those are the root of all cooking. After that, I would uh, get some vinegars. Vinegars are a great way to enhance flavor. They're really cheap and you can, you know, I mean, you can go all out and buy really expensive ones. But I mean, for most people, you can buy some half gallons of really cheap different kinds of vinegar, apple cider, red wine, rice wine, that kind of stuff. And other things, you know, like depending on whether or not you're gluten free or not getting a good flour, if you're going to bake or anything like that. Chicken stock. I'm a advocate of having a homemade chicken stock uh, pretty much at all times. Mm-hmm. And again, you eat two or three chickens a week, you can always have chicken stock. Do just a variety of different things with a, just a chicken. You can spice it in any different way, and you can roast it and grill it and saute it and all kinds of stuff, and then you have the bones left over. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you at this point in your cooking willing to try? Mm-hmm. You know, it's So much of cooking is failure. You cook something, and you're like, oh, well, that didn't turn out right. And I would say you know, get a notebook and write down everything you're doing so that you have something to base what you're going to do next time off of. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have enough salt and it's missing, you know, some acid or something like that. 
And then you write, but you write down everything that you're doing so that the next time you can say, okay, well, I made it and it's missing salt and acid. So I'm going to add that, you know, and then see where I get this time. And by the fifth or sixth time, you'll have it exactly how you like it. And, you know, you'll be happy with it. And then you, then you can just make it that way every time. So you can't be afraid of failing and you will fail in the kitchen is what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, there's, you, you will. And there, you know, and that's part of learning, not being able to do it right the first time. People don't like to fail. We've, as a culture, have, you know, failure's bad and that kind of stuff. But in this instance, failure's good because, especially if you, you know, learn from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about other things in the pantry, like grains, pastas, those types of things? Uh, having a couple of different kinds of rice. It re- again, it really depends on what you're into. If you've ha- gone to a little grocer and you got a quinoa salad and you really like quinoa, buy some quinoa and cook it a billion times until you get it right. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is, is the repetition and um, other things in the pantry, a couple of different kinds of oils, olive oil, vegetable oil, fats like butter. You cook bacon, you save the bacon fat in your fridge. You know, mm-hmm. those those sorts of things that will start to build your pantry so that someday you're like, you know, I'm going to cook my eggs in bacon fat or I'm going to cook my chicken breast in bacon fat today and see what happens or even my vegetables in bacon fat. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so scared of cholesterol and all that. And I mean, as long as you're not eating pints of ice cream three times a day every day, it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, you're, it's, you're not going to you're not going to kill yourself eating a little bit of butter or eating a little bit of bacon fat. You mentioned things like not enough salt or not enough acid. What constitutes the idea of a balanced taste profile? Let's start with just the chicken breast because it's pretty plain. Mm-hmm. Balanced profile is going to give you uh, something that gives you some salt, mm-hmm. that gives you, you know, a little bit of acid. That gives you uh, maybe a little bit of sweet and a little bit of heat. If you if you only salt something, it'll be one-sided on the salt end of things. So you add some acid into that, you know, which which is can be like a splash of vinegar into the pan that you're cooking, and that'll give that'll balance out that salt a little bit. You add some black pepper in there, and that gives you sort of a middle ground of flavor. So you're just sort of like using little building blocks of rudimentary flavors to enhance your main dish. Mm -hmm. Beauty of that is that you can totally adjust, right? If you're a person who doesn't like heat, then you can balance the other three sides that you mentioned, the acid, the salt, and the sugar. Uh, If you can't eat salt, you can always adjust and maybe enhance with some fresh herbs. That's another thing that I find that you showed me really enhances flavor profiles a lot is Fresh herbs or actually getting those fresh herbs and dehydrating them yourself yeah. and using them in the cooking as well. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's all a part of it. It's If you have time to, you know, grow your own herbs and that kind of stuff, which is really pretty simple. You buy an herb, you put it in a pot, you water it every once in a while and leave it in the sun, it'll grow. Mm-hmm. As your plant gets bigger and bigger, you trim it and that kind of stuff and you can... You know, you can buy a dehydrator. I mean, I think the dehydrator I have is I bought it at a swap meet for seven dollars. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've mm-hmm. done all kinds of stuff in there. Like I'll get organic onions. I'll put a whole bunch of onions that I just chop up raw into the dehydrator and leave them in there for a day or so. And then they're dehydrated and I'll put them in a blender and turn it into onion powder. Mm-hmm. So now I have organic onion powder that I made at my house, mm-hmm. you know, that that I know 
I made on X date and the onions were fresh and that kind of stuff as opposed to stuff that you go buy and you can buy organic onion powder, but you don't know how, how long those on that onion powder has been made or, you know, and you can really tell the difference. You can go buy organic basil and dried basil and hold on to it. And then you grow your own basil and dry that out and turn, you know, blend it up and turn it into the same thing that's in that little jar you bought. And you can smell it and tell the difference between what has probably been sitting on a shelf for a year and what you made with stuff you grew. There is absolutely no comparison. When I compare them to what I was using before, you can't even smell anything when you put your nose in something that's been bought from the store (laughs) versus something you made yourself. And you're right, it doesn't really take, you can leave it, you can walk away and leave it alone. It takes a day, two days. It's not so labor intensive, but the rewards at the end are just profound. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't want to go buy a dehydrator, I've been just harvesting my herbs and tying them up in my window. They're drying out naturally from the sun, and it, it works the same way. So what about appliances and kitchen tools? This is what I was doing before we met. I'd like the kitchen, so I'd go to the store, see something on sale, and go, oh, wow, look, um, it's such and such pan or this type of knife. I need that. And then when we started working together, you told me, no, you don't need all these specialized tools and pans and things. Keep it simple. So what would you say about simple appliances, simple kitchen tools, necessities? One, a good wooden cutting board that you take care of. One good knife, probably like an 8-inch knife that's nice and sharp. You'll pretty much be able to do anything at your house with those two tools as far as prepping goes. Mm -hmm. As far as uh, cooking goes, um, I would say one good cast iron pan that Mm -hmm. you take care of. That's all you really need. You don't – most people at their house don't need a 15-piece $5,000 set of pans. You need one good $40 cast iron. Mm -hmm. I mean, hell, you can go to a antique mall and find an old cast iron and then you've really hit the jackpot because you just bought a really nicely made old cast iron for 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, Literally, you can put, you can cook eggs in it because it acts after a while, it acts as a nonstick. You can Mm -hmm. put a whole chicken in there and throw it in the oven. You can Mm -hmm. fry bacon in it. You can, just so many applications for a good cast iron pan, mm-hmm. a good potato peeler, I mm-hmm. would say is, you know, something you might want. And, you know, if you want to get into appliances at all, I would say to start a middle of the ground, a middle of the road blender that will, you know, hold up to tougher stuff. And then, you know, expanding for like that stuff, right. That I just said, you know, cast iron blender, knife and a cutting board, those things being the, the root of your kitchen expanding from there you can go you know you get a decent little um food processor you know you get Mm -hmm. yourself like a a Mm -hmm. little food processor i think that 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 stuff is probably you know just the key stuff that you need in a good home kitchen to make it through you know a stock pot that's a good thing to have 15 dollars stock pot you can make you can make all your chicken stocks and your soups and maybe a little sauce pot that's about it you know you don't need a whole bunch of stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I even found that uh, using the crock pot too um, helps quite yeah. a bit sometimes, especially if you just want to throw something in in the morning and come back to something at night. Um, Absolutely, I've done oatmeal in there. I've also done stocks sometimes in there as well. Yeah, you know, if I want yeah. to make something smaller, it doesn't have to be really great quantities or complicated. Do you have any quick ideas for homemade breakfasts and dinners, like a simple one pot meal? 
simple one pot meal for mm. breakfast or dinner. You mm. know, I mean, omelets, omelet like egg, like putting vegetables in a pan with some bacon fat, cooking them up a little bit, and then throwing scram like eggs in there. You don't have to make waffles and pancakes and all that kind of stuff, and and, and some fresh fruit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like my wife and I are now on. Uh, before we'll drink coffee or anything, we'll eat uh, a piece of fruit in the morning to like jumpstart our systems. Mm-hmm. And then we'll drink, you know, some lemon water and then we'll eat eggs and bacon or just eggs and or little omelets with some vegetables in it and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As far as dinners go, you know, there's you buy, go buy good organic meat that doesn't have any hormones or, you know, like it had a good life, basically. And you again, like you said the crock pot thing. It's you put I mean, hell, you can put that together when you get home from work one night. Just put everything in there, like vegetables. Uh, you know, you put some potatoes in there and some peppers and some onions and your, like, let's say a pork loin and or, you know, a pork shoulder. Put it in the put it in the fridge overnight. Wake up the next morning, put the crock pot in the crock pot heater, turn it on and walk away. And when you get home, you're going to have this nice pulled pork that's succulent and just been cooking all day. And you can throw chopped up potatoes, chopped up onion and a whole chicken into a cast iron and throw it into the oven with like a little bit of butter and some chicken stock in the bottom of the cast iron and you just put that in your oven at like 400 degrees for about 45 minutes and then you have a whole meal you can throw uh brussels sprouts with some butter salt and pepper into the oven or cauliflower salt and pepper a little bit of butter into a into the cast iron into the oven 30 minutes you have roasted vegetables that are just gorgeous Here's another uh, preservation technique that we really don't think about or take for granted, freezing. So if you have leftovers or if you do make something that's pretty abundant, then you can just portion it out and freeze it, right? Instead of taking out a whatever frozen meal that was processed and microwaving that, why not take out something frozen that you made and heat that up instead? Yeah, absolutely. That's what falls back into that, like carving some time out on your day off. You can make a big batch of soup in your stock pot and you just blend it up in your blender and you season it the way you like it. And then you put it into little containers into the freezer. Another thing I think that you definitely taught me as well was not to hesitate and taste constantly. We don't think about that, but you're making something Keep tasting it to figure out how do I adjust the seasoning? How do I adjust this? That's how you learn, too. That's how I learned. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you'll follow a recipe from a book somewhere and you know, it'll say, OK, we'll add uh, two tablespoons of salt to this big batch of something. And then you, nobody's ever tasting it because they're just following a recipe. You have to be analytical in that sort of mindset. What does it need as the mantra? Natural sweeteners, honey. Brown sugar, yeah. Um, yeah. agave, real sugar, not being afraid to use those ingredients too into something that you may think should only be savory adds to it mm-hmm. a lot too. I've been surprised to find as well. Oh, yeah. That oh, yeah, balance. absolutely. And that's really, that's really the balance factor of your cooking. I keep going back to chicken as the middle ground because it's really approachable to everybody. Put it into a cast iron pan drizzle oil all over it and rub the oil all over this outside and then i'll season it with salt and pepper and a little bit of brown sugar and that brown sugar is you know is going to balance just the salt content and break down and seep into the meat and caramelize the skin and then you're going to have a nice crispy skin and you can go ahead and add like oregano or garlic or sage or any you know any of that kind of stuff to it as well 
and that brown sugar is really going to like bring a flavor out of the chicken that you wouldn't normally get. Mm -hmm. Um, conversely, if we talk about desserts, lots of times, you know, people will make like chocolate chip cookies, like sprinkle a little sea salt on the top of those cookies and the salt is going to balance the sugar and it's going to make it way more intense without bringing more sugar to the recipe. All right. I really appreciate our uh, chat today. It was very enlightening. A lot of great tips in here. And the rewards of doing something for yourself. You're taking care of yourself. You're taking good care of your body. And you've made something you can be proud of. At the yeah, end of the day. absolutely. I mean, you can go, <laughs> really what it is, is how do you feel after you've cooked yourself a whole chicken? And how do you feel after you went to Boston Market and ate a whole chicken? Mm. You know, and you'll, you'll be able to tell the difference. And mm-hmm. that's it. Mm-hmm. It's because you're using good quality ingredients. The question I like to end with every interview is, what is your definition of what it means to be healthy? Doing the things that you love to do that make you feel good is how you stay healthy. If you're, if you're just grinding away at work the whole week and then you don't have any time to go for the hike you really like or you you know don't get to go fishing or you don't get to go to the movies or you know you don't you, you cut those things out that really bring you joy in your life then you got to make time for the joy in your life so you can feed that inner child mm-hmm. i like that thank you very much no it's problem been a thank pleasure. you and now it's time for practical tips a nourishing mind body and spirit tip Make your way into the grocery store and go to the produce aisle. Grab two or three different types of fresh herbs. Smell them. Taste them individually. Experiment with them. Allow yourself to create and nourish yourself. Thanks for being here. See you next time.